Everybody ready? Let's go on the road! Acquiring targets. We're looking for uh... Tillerman Road. I'll get you there. Getting back. That's your concern. This is awesome. No way. Lock them in. The lambs have come to the killing floor. Something weird is going on. What is that thing? Cabin in the Woods is your classic horror film, but Drew Goddard's in my version of what that would be, uh, which means it's going to be a little more twisted and maybe a little funnier. Cabin in the Woods. I think I can get it to go down. Do we want to go down? Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> How do you know when you have a great idea for a movie on your hands? Maybe when you and your co-writer previously wrote Buffy the Vampire Slayer and were also so confident about the quality of the story that it sat untouched for almost three years before a production company finally came along and was willing to let you keep it as it is. The only thing better than bad things happening to college kids hanging out in the woods is when you know who's pulling all the strings. And since this is one of my favorite horror movies, I will be joining the dog. <laughs> Ha 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 ha. And since this is one of my favorite horror movies, I will be joining the dolls as they discuss the 2012 classic Cabin in the Woods. And now your dolls of horror, Summer and Tori, with me. Hi guys, welcome back to the Dolls of Horror podcast. I'm Summer. And I'm Tori. And tonight... We have back for our special guest, our producer, Jesse. Hey. So excited because I know that you love the movie that we're talking about tonight. So I'm really, really excited to have somebody here who loves it. Oh, yes. I adore this movie. And when you were telling me beforehand when we were recording a different episode in the pre-start that uh, this was kind of coming up along the, uh, along the pipeline, I was... I, I pretty much said, can I please be the guest if you don't have a guest? And it, you know, happened because I serious, I love this movie. This is one of my favorite horror movies by far. So, yes. That's awesome. And I remember that you did tell me that, but I totally forgot. And this wasn't even one of our original choices for our summer series because, and this is the last movie in our summer series. Why did we choose this one? I think it was just, I think we just did. Oh, it's one of those things we just did. Yeah, I think we just did. I think that it came up when we were talking about Cabin Fever, and so we're like, Cabin, wow. by the way, guys, we're talking about 2011's Cabin in the Woods tonight. So I'm pretty sure that's how it came up. Um, and then we're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, vacation, going to a cabin. I mean, Cabin right. pretty much fits the summer mold, so it's right. not too far of a stretch. And this is, like I said, the last episode in our summer series. Can you believe it's over? Can you believe we've done this many? I mean, you know. what's time at this point? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Ugh. 2020, just, just go away already. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more. I can't believe it's already August. I know. It's crazy. Man. Mm -hmm. Man, oh, man. All right, y'all. Um... 
if you have not seen this movie before, the synopsis is five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for and the Hunger Games begin. <laughs> That's my that- little add-in. Oh, I was going to say, is that really what it says? What no. What does it really say? No. And most of the times when I read these synopsises, I make it up. Like, oh. I'll, I'll read five or six different wordings, and I'll take yeah. a little bit from each one just to make it shorter and more condensed. I feel cheated. Because a lot of these synopsises are... Is that even a word, synopsises? Synopsis. <laughs> a, a lot of these are paragraphs long. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing all that. I yeah, just want... Yeah, yeah. A, it sums it up because we're going to be talking about it anyway. Yeah. I, um, so I just take a little bit from everything when I pick it. Yeah. I, I don't know if I should mention this now or save it until we get to the uh, fun facts. But basically, as a, um, I, I looked this up while, uh, while it was uh, before we had uh, recorded, obviously. And um, Joss Whedon, who is one of the uh, co writers along with uh, Drew Goddard, uh, basically said but the movie is a, a, it's a meta commentary on horror movies so if you liked what how scream did that where they established rules in its own movie that was basically following its own rules or at least establishing them that's what this movie is but just completely cranked up um, where you have like the establishment who basically represents like Hollywood and movie directors and everything. And then the ancient gods that represent the audience, like us, the, the viewers. And then obviously the, the kids are the, 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 the movie horror movie tropes. And I only bring all of that up because the one quote that I got from Joss Whedon that I loved was him basically saying, it's a, ba- it's basically a very loving hate letter on some yeah. level. It was completely a lark me and drew Goddard trying to figure out what the most fun we could have would be on another level. It's a serious critique of what we love and what we don't love about horror movies. And that's why I love that movie so much is that they completely understood what they were trying to do. And there are very few, very few flaws in the, in the construction of the movie because it's it's basically just a construction of what horror movies are. And that's why I love it so much. True. Yep. That's also a good synopsis. I mean, if you're trying to figure out what you're about to get into with this movie, that tells you. So, Jesse, when did you first see this movie? Um, it came out in 2012. I didn't see it right away. I want to say I saw it maybe... Maybe about like five years ago, maybe like 2015, 2014-ish, around that time. And um, I'm I'm always a fan. Like, horror movies in general, like, you know, they're good ones, they're bad ones, as, as there are with all, any movie. But I, I love movies that put, like, a clever, you know, like movies like Deadpool, where it's self-aware, fourth-wall-breaking kind of thing. That's basically like this, too. And that's why I fell in love with this movie because when I realized what it was doing, it, where it was basically mocking itself, sort of, mm-hmm. it it that's why I, I've, I've watched this movie like so many times because it's, it was just so cleverly written. But I'd say to answer your question, as I'm rambling here, uh, yeah, probably about yeah, wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> we got places to be. No, um, like 2015. So it was probably when I yeah, I gotta it. get back to my couch. <laughs> I gotta get back to my quarantine, okay? Yeah, I gotta get back to my doing nothing. Exactly. My nothingness. <laughs> no, they just added um, the never-ending story to Netflix, so I gotta go do that. So, wrap it up. 
<laughs> I did not know that. I have to add that to my to-do list. Absolutely. They, they have part one and two. Oh God, I have to. God, I haven't seen. I haven't seen Never Ending Story in so long. I need to see mm-hmm. that again. I love that movie. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> focus, focus. Okay. So, so Tori, you just saw this movie like just now, right? Okay. Well, here's the thing. I just now saw this movie all the way through for the first time. Right. So I believe I tried to watch it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think, honestly, I don't think I gave it a fair chance. I wasn't, I didn't really know what it was about. Um, I don't remember the circumstances surrounding me trying to watch it. I remember trying to watch it and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I got about as far as to the point where they're in the woods. And as soon as her shirt came off, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I, was like, I don't even care about this movie. I'm not, I don't know what it's about. I don't know what's going on. I, so I turned it off. And I never watched it until now. I never tried to watch it again. And you told me earlier via text, like an hour ago, I think it was, that you basically hated this movie until you watched it. <laughs> and then you're well, like, okay. I ha- yeah, I basically hated it because... So I, I don't remember who it was. Somebody described it to me very badly. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, fuck that movie. Okay, never mind. I don't, yeah, no, I don't care about that movie. Um, so yeah, I was kind of dreading watching it. But when I actually sat down and paid attention and understood what was going on and what it was about, I was like, oh, this isn't bad. <laughs> okay, I can do, and plus the act, the actors. I mean, some of the actors are amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I actually really enjoyed it, and I and I noticed that they did steal a couple of scenes from different movies. Uh huh. So I liked that. I thought that was pretty nifty. Yeah. So we can talk about that later, though. Awesome. Well, I don't. I this movie is so like whatever for me until I had to pick it apart. I remember renting it sometime after it came out and watching it and going, okay, I can say I've seen this now. And then I rented it again a couple years later and watched it again, and I watched all the special features and the commentaries, which I actually liked more than the actual movie. Um, And then I rented it again to watch it for this, and I, you know when you have to pick these movies apart, either you end up liking them way better or way worse than you did before. Which is what has happened before. Right. So, I think I, I think I gained new appreciation for it having to do my homework on it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, well, good. That makes two of us. Right. Right. Okay. So, guys... This movie stars Kristen Connolly, Chris Hemsworth, Anna Hutchinson, Bran Krantz, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesse Williams, Bradley Whitford, Richard Jenkins, and of course, Sigourney Weaver. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it was written by, by Drew Goddard and Josh Whedon and directed by Drew Goddard. If you don't know who they are, they did Buffy and Angel, the shows. Okay. All right. Okay. So I did my homework. It was really funny. Jesse and I were talking about this 
a couple of days ago or maybe it was yesterday like we said what's time right now uh-huh. <laughs> exactly uh-huh. <laughs> i don't even remember when we had this convo jesse so could have been today <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> it was probably when i rewatched it for the show um which was wednesday which was two days ago but yeah yeah i'm like <laughs> this for, for this podcast happened today and i don't remember i know so i was saying i did my homework on this like two weeks ago because we were supposed to record sooner than this and i had a bad wi-fi connection so we had to put it off and so i don't remember what i wrote down for any of my favorites <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so, but I have it all written down, of course, so that's good. So I'm like, I when we're talking about, like, favorite kill, I'm like, I don't know what I picked. <laughs> favorite fashion moment? No idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> so let's go with favorite kill. Fatality. Well, let there are, Jesse, there we'll are let Jesse so go first because I know he's really excited. Well, I was pretty excited whenever I watched this movie because I was like, there's so many. Yes, there are so many, and there's there, so many. There's a lot of practical. We love that. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead, Jesse. Um, well, my favorite kill was actually made me laugh, but not because it was done poorly, but because the movie kind of makes you want to laugh at it. Um, uh-huh. So Bradley Whitford plays one of the establishment uh, people who are controlling the scenario to get the kids to basically be proper sacrifices to the gods. And when all shit goes wrong at the very end of the movie and all of the uh, monsters basically infiltrate the whole building because they were let loose by uh, Dana, he, he, he alludes to earlier in the movie when they're doing the betting uh, by the whiteboard uh, where he was hoping that um, the movie, the, the kids were going to trigger the mermen monsters. Oh uh, my as, god! As, I love it. Yes, and yeah. um, he's he's like he's like God. I'm never going to see a merman, am I? Because because he, he didn't win. And then he toward the that end, merman so badly. Right. I he, love, he just, I love, yeah, I know exactly what kill you're going for. And then and then at the very end, when like it's basically like all is lost for the for the establishment people, and he's laying down. There's just all this mist everywhere, and this kind of uh, almost ironic music because it's kind of tragic, but it's also like serious, but it's clearly not. As you see this weird face like crawl into place and it's this very ugly looking merman with this big cartoonish with these big teeth and as he realizes what the merman is as he's about to kill him he's like oh come on and then he just gets destroyed and i just laughed with just like that was such a perfect payoff kill for that setup earlier when it's like you know they're just guys doing their job you know they they have no Mm -hmm. sensitivity towards killing these people because it's 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 a business like that's what their goal is so yeah the fact that that was how he got his his ability to see the merman was when it kills him and he yeah. just comes face to face. I love that so much. I that was so I was so disappointed because I love Disney. That's no surprise. That's no uh, secret if you know me. So I love Disney and I love horror. So as soon as he mentions, oh, I'm never going to get to see a merman. I was thinking King Triton from <laughs> or you know, and and he'll go around killing people with his staff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then out comes this ugly, deformed <laughs> creature from the Black Lagoon-looking dude. Yeah, creature from the Black Lagoon, Squidward-looking merman thing. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this is not a majestic creature, okay? He's like, no. But like, you no. know. Okay, so Jesse, I had a feeling that was going to be your favorite kill, and it's mine too. 
Oh, wow. Really? Out of all the kills in this movie, yes. so you guys had to choose the same one. Wow. Because of everything he said, because of the payoff at the end, and he wanted that merman so badly. And if you recall, the line, the line they said earlier when they were talking about what the kids were picking up in the basement, um, he's mm-hmm. like, I'm never going to get to see a merman ever. Mm-hmm. And then his colleague's like, dude, be thankful. Those things are terrifying. And the cleanup on them is a nightmare. Yeah, and the cleanup on them is a nightmare, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, he had that conch cell right in his hands. I'm never going to get to see a merman right? ever. He had the conch in his hands. Like, he was so, <laughs> so sad that he did not get to see the merman kill him. Exactly. So, that, like Jesse, that's why I picked it because he wanted it so badly. And in the end, he got it. Right. Oh my gosh. Literally, he got it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would say. What it, about you? Oh, sorry. Me? Uh huh. Okay. My kill is towards the end of the movie as well. Because I'm like, that's obviously not hers because she's surprised. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, well, there are so many kills in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm literally, I'm, I'm astonished that you guys had the same one because there's so many to from. <laughs> Um, we were both so, playing the long game on that. Yeah, so mine, mine's at the end, obviously, because that's when most of the killing takes place. Right. I love it when the guy gets impaled by the unicorn. I like that, too. Oh, that's yes. That's my favorite. Yes. Because you think these unicorns are these peaceful creatures about, like, mermen. Right. And then all your childhood dreams get dashed because the unicorn is killing him. Yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> right. You're ruining mermen. You're ruining unicorns. No. No. Do you know what's funny? And I didn't I didn't see it and to be fair, I kinda wanted to watch it a couple times, like just to get all of the little pieces. But on the whiteboard I, I kinda noticed uh when they were picking like had all the different potential things that people were betting on. There was one that was called Dragon Bat and nobody mm-hmm. picked it. And I'm like, what's a dragon bat? And I didn't right. like go back to watch it to see like if they if it was actually I featured. I think they show it at the end. Okay. Okay. And the, when they mm-hmm. when they throw out all the kids. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, I do remember it yes. now. Yes. Yes. Um yes. Yeah, they were in the control room or something like that and he busts through the Yes, okay. Never mind. I totally mm-hmm. rem- I know exactly what cuz he had the his face opened like sideways. Um yeah, that okay. All right. So mm-hmm. question answered. There we go. I was wondering why nobody picked him, though, because, like, come on, Dragon Bat's cool. But I also really, really loved um, the Buckners. Yes. Mm -hmm. Especially uh, Patience, because I enjoy that actress a lot. And she's a little older here than when I originally saw her in Silent Hill. Okay. So, yeah. Have either of you seen Silent Hill? I did. I have not. I have not. So, Jesse, the girl who plays Patience, and she's a little bit older here, so she's a little taller, plays um, the girl in Silent Hill. Um, okay. I forgot the character name. It's been a, it's been a I, long time since I've seen it. I saw it one time. I had I have my my issues with it mainly because it's a video game adaptation, and yeah, we, we, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But I have seen it. It was fine for what it was. Um, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But she had so many prosthetics on her face here, you couldn't tell. Right, yeah. They, they did the undead, the zombie-looking thing uh, quite well. Um, they did yeah. do it, yeah. yes. So, guys, since we're talking about all this stuff, let's talk about special effects, because I got, I, got I got some stuff to say. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Tori, 
Do mm-hmm. you know who did the special effects for this movie? Because you do, whether you do or not. Oh, no, I know the I answer know. to this, but I'm not. I'm not going to chime in. Yep. Let, let me give her the news. So the lead special effects people were Lance and David Anderson of AFX Studios. And David's wife, Heather Anderson, a.k.a. Heather Langenkamp. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I had a lot to do with it. And she was on all the special features, too, talking about the effects, and along with 68 other techs. Dang. Yes. So, yes, yeah, she married an effects guy. And, I mean, I knew that. I didn't know if you did. No, but. very, very reminiscent of um, New Nightmare. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's yes. So, yeah. So, Heather Langenkamp did effects for this movie. That's awesome. Because that's her side. That's her other business. She's not so much in front of the camera now. Now she's doing the behind the scenes Oh, stuff. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And she's really, really involved, from what I can tell, in the effects business. Well, the effects were pretty good. Um, I have a couple. There was a couple things I saw that I thought could have been done better. But maybe they weren't. But maybe they weren't meant to be done better. Maybe they mm-hmm. were meant to be done badly. I don't know. Like which ones? Like at the end, whenever all the blood is splattering onto the camera lens, or there's when there's there's some blood here and there, it just looked really, really, really fake. Like for the merman blood, or I don't remember exactly just in general. what hard it was. Um, but it was whenever it was hitting the camera lens, and it was like hitting the screen. Mm-hmm. And I, it was it was really bad. I want to say that was intentional because pretty much mm-hmm. almost everything that happens in the movie is is either an homage or basically yeah. a mocking of a trope yeah. in horror movies. So the like the gratuitous yeah. blood everywhere, like the mm-hmm. like in the elevator scene after the fact, like when they got there later and there was just blood like all over the floor. That was so just like, mm-hmm. yeah, well everybody died and apparently they have like eighty gallons of blood in each of them because that's <laughs> yeah. on the ground. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Well I mean for Jesse, for our kill, the um the merman actually shot out blood continuously mm-hmm. for out of his blowhole out of his blowhole yes, yes. For, out of blowhole everybody for five minutes and we they only kept on the that. last they only kept the last few seconds of the shot when he's just kind of petering out on the blood <laughs> but it how was did, like a fountain yeah. how did we not touch on that that the merman had a blowhole oh my <laughs> I, I can't i just can't oh my gosh some other fun facts about the effects 60 different monsters were created for this. Mm-hmm. So they had to create 60 different effect monsters. Mm-hmm. The wolf's tongue on the, you know, the the wolf head on the wall mm-hmm. was covered in powdered sugar to make it look dusty. Okay. Um, and supposedly to make it less disgusting for her to make out with it. That's I saw that note too. Yeah. So, and then... They had to prove that it wasn't a real, like, taxidermied wolf head. And they also had to prove that they didn't use a real unicorn. What? Right. (laughs) What? That's Canada. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. What's a real unicorn? (laughs) Exactly. And then Heather was like, well, obviously, we can pretty much prove that pretty easily. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The way she was saying it, she couldn't even believe that they asked that. (laughs) show me a real unicorn and then we'll go from there (laughs) right she's like well okay (laughs) unicorns don't exist 
Done. <laughs> <laughs> show me a dragon bat, and then we'll show you that this isn't a real dragon bat. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the effects were mostly all practical, practical with a little CGI sprinkled in, and, you know, we believe that's exactly how it should be. Okay. And oh, they nice. built all the monsters in two months. Nice. Oh, wow. Right. Nice. Yes. It was a fast and furious monster building production. They said that they got the job right as the new year happened, and they were shooting in March. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so, guys, what was your favorite monster cube? Like, what's your favorite? Was it the unicorn, or was it the stranger-looking guys, or Hmm. the clown? The clown is creepy. Well, if we're talking mm-hmm. about the cubes as far as mm-hmm. when they did that awesome pullout where they're uh, basically yes. doing an homage to Cube, um, the the one that I thought just kind of looked cool because it was in the cube was the giant snake because it was um, when he when he shot out of the elevator door afterward. That was kind of a cool little payoff. But mm-hmm. the other one was, which you didn't really see after that, that amazing – the the best shot in the movie when the elevator doors open and kill everybody, um, the was the tree, which was also from uh, that was a that was an Evil Dead reference the the angry molesting tree, and oh, right. the fact yeah, that yeah. you see like the tree branches just come up and just slay the one guy that was in the background. I just love because like you're seeing all the monsters and you're, you're like as you're trying to scan and just see everything that's happening. You look over like is that a tree? Oh, the tree! <laughs> like that was what my brain did when I was watching. Uh-huh. Like oh, the evil dead tree. I'm glad that's there too. <laughs> but anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah, so that's my answer. Well, of course, mine is going to be Ballerina Dentata. Oh, really? Got to pick the ballerina. I thought it was going to be the Hellraiser dude. No, you know me. Ballet over Hellraiser. Okay. Mm -hmm. But she had the creepy teeth and all, so, you know. Yeah. That was a really cool... Yeah. That was really cool looking. I I liked that, however they did that effect. That was really awesome. Yes. And it must have been really hard for her to dance like that with that big thing on her head. I'm just saying. (laughs) Probably. It's hard. It's hard enough to stay upright. <laughs> what about you, Tori? Well, um, my favorite one was the ghosty. Was the misty ghost? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked that one a lot. Um, right. And and Jesse said it was an homage to Cube. I have not seen that movie. My first thought was that it was kind of an homage to Thirteen Ghosts because they are in cubes and they're locked away. True all the different monsters are or a ghost i guess you should, could say well yeah yeah well, well it came first jesse cube or 13 ghosts um i want to say you know let's just let's just do that let's just do this the easy way um i i want to say that uh 13 ghosts which came out in what 2000 came out first but um i'm i'm kind of guessing here talk amongst yourselves i'm going to find out Okay. I already looked up 13 Ghosts. It's 2001, so you can look up Cube. Yeah, so I really love 97, that shot. so Cube came out 90- earlier. All right, Cube oh, was wow. first. Okay. See, I knew that it was kind of close. Can so... we do Can we do Epic Line next? Yes. I, I, there are so many. Just I love it. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I will. Okay. 
Okay, so there's two. And I can't say that one's a runner-up because I love both of them so much. I really love so much, so many things that were said in this movie, actually. I'm so glad. So, and this would totally be me. This, I would, I would say this. This I have would a, be me. I have a okay? feeling that you might pick one of the ones that I chose. I just have a feeling, okay. but, but continue. Okay, my, the one that I would definitely for sure say that is me is... I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. <laughs> that would be me. I'd be like, don't you dare fucking read that Latin. Put that shit down. Nuh-uh. We're not going into a creepy cabin, going down into the basement. Oh, look, a book with Latin in it. No! Diary of Anna Patience Buckner, 1903. Mama screamed most of the night. I prayed that she might find faith, but she only stopped when Papa cut her belly and stuffed the coals in. Judah told me in my dream that Matthew took him to the black room, so I know he is killed. I want to understand the glory of the pain like Matthew, but cutting the flesh makes him have a husband's bulge, and I do not get like that. Jesus, can we not? Oh, go on. Why? I want to know. I have found it. In the oldest books, the way of saving our family. My good arm is hacked up and et, so I hope this will be readable, that a believer will come and speak this to our spirits. Then we will be restored and the great pain will return. And there's something in Latin. Okay. I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. No. Don't read the Latin. That should be one of the rules of a scary movie. Do not read foreign <laughs> languages from books. That should be one of the rules. Homage to Evil Dead. That should be, yes. But that should be like in Scream, how they have the rules in Scream. Yep, yep. That should be one of the rules. Don't go into, don't read different languages from books. <laughs> don't do it. What, uh, what's your other line? Okay. My, it's almost ba- it's basically an entire conversation. Oh, good. But I'm going to read just one specific line. He says, am I on speakerphone? Yes, <laughs> I am. I can hear the echo. That's rude. I don't know who's in the room. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I love it. I was laughing internally because I was like, oh, my God, I love it. That whole Because they're making fun of him the whole time. Uh-huh. And he's like, I can hear the echo. That's so rude. I don't know who's in the room. Put him on. Mordecai, baby, what's happening? How's the weather up top? The lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Well, you're, you're doing a great job out there. By the numbers, man, you got to start it off just right. So we'll talk to you later, okay? Their blind eyes see nothing of the horrors to come. Cleanse them. Cleanse the world of their ignorance and sin. Bathe them in the crimson of... Am I on speakerphone? No, absolutely not. Speakerphone, no. No, I wouldn't do that. Yes, I am. I, I can hear the echo. Oh, my God. You, uh, you're right. Hang on one second. I'll take you off. That's rude. I, I don't know who's in the room. Fine. There. You're off. Thank you. Don't take this lightly, boy. It wasn't all by your numbers. The fool nearly derailed the invocation with his insolence. The ancient ones see everything. And they will not be. I'm still on speakerphone, aren't I? <laughs> oh my God, Mordecai! 
I can't believe it. It did it again. Morty? <laughs> what happened to that? Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. That is a great scene. I, I love it. That is, scene. It really is an amazing scene. Jesse? Uh, sure. So, without even without even like a consideration, um, I would say Marty is my favorite character in this movie. Um, yeah. With with a with Bradley Whitford, who is you know, he's not one of the central characters. Again, he was part of the establishment. But as far as the the main group of kids, Marty by far is my favorite character. And um, my I'll, I'll so my my runner up line was when he is basically he's really he's the only person in the beginning who is catching wind of the fact that things aren't what they seem mm -hmm. and it's later revealed that the reason why is because him being high is making him immune to the the drugs that keep getting pumped mm -hmm. into the cabin to make them act a certain mm -hmm. way so his being high is actually uh, helping and mm -hmm. and he has this meta moment where he's kind of piecing it together in his head he's outside like he's just outside the cabin and he's kind of like pacing around and he's like we're not who we are i'm gonna go read a book with pictures we are not who we are i'm gonna go read a book with pictures <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that was that was my second favorite line but my favorite line which is which both explains one of the parts of the movie that people would probably call into question as a nitpick legitimately and something that I absolutely would say if I were in his position going on vacation with some friends and and going away when they when uh, Jules was mentioning that where they were going wasn't on the GPS Mm -hmm. uh, couldn't find it, and Marty just goes, that's the whole point. Get off the grid, right? No cell phone reception, no traffic cameras. Just go someplace for one goddamn weekend where they can't global position my ass, man. I hope this is the right road. It doesn't even show up on the GPS. It is unworthy of global positioning. That's the whole <laughs> point. Get off the grid, right? No cell phone reception, no traffic cameras. Go someplace for one goddamn weekend when I can't globally position my ass. <laughs> Love yep. that line so much because that's exactly how I feel about just saying, I want to go away from everything and yeah. just unplug. So, yes. I loved, I think it was the same scene. If it wasn't, it was close. When Marty says, society needs to crumble. We're just all too chicken shit to let it. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Right? That's not my line. I just love that line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think... Oh, that's not your line? No. Oh. I just... Well, when he said that scene, it reminded me of that line. Well, I was going to say, um, he proves it at the end whenever he's like, fuck it, let the whole world in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let it end. He didn't care. So. Nope. So, Tori's still one of my lines. Okay. The drawing the line in the sand, but I also love the two lines previous to that, his lines, where he's like, 
I'm not sure it's awesome to be down here. (laughs) (laughs) And then just a few seconds later, he's like, maybe we should go back upstairs. I dare you all to go upstairs. Yeah, I dare you all to go back upstairs. (laughs) And then the, okay, I'm drawing the line in the fucking sand happened. (laughs) So he went through that whole thing before they picked up the Latin. And that's what he's like, okay, you know what? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I, t- I mm-hmm. dare you all to go upstairs. I forgot about that line. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so good. So good. And this all happened maybe like within 60 seconds of each other. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, but since Tori picked that one, I have a runner up. <clears throat> it is in the very, very beginning, basically first scene. I think it's like three minutes in or something like that. And when the friend shows up blonde mm-hmm. and her friend wasn't expecting her to show up blonde because this is so me. And her friend's like, oh, my God, your hair is blonde. And she's like, very fabulous. No. And then her friend's like, I can't believe you did it. And she's like, but very fabulous, right? And then she's like, okay, hurry up with the very fabulous. I'm getting insecure about it now. That is mm-hmm. me. That is me, me, mm-hmm. me, me, me. Okay, you better hurry up and... Tell me I did the right thing with my look because I'm freaking out now because yeah. you're not giving me the right reaction. Yeah, not giving me the very fabulous. No. Oh my God, your hair, it's blonde. Very fabulous, no? I can't believe you did it. But very fabulous, right? Hurry up with the very fabulous. I'm getting insecure oh, about it now. Oh God, no, no, it looks awesome. And, and one other line that stuck out to me too in that same scene, maybe just a few seconds earlier or later was when Blondie says, Professor Fuckwad, why haven't you stuck that asshole's picture on the dartboard yet? Ugh, Professor Fuckwad. Why haven't you stuck that asshole's picture on the dartboard yet? That's something that I would say, and I have said something along those lines to you, Tori. Mine is yes. the dartboard because I don't think you have one. But... I do have a dartboard, oh, Well, then a I'm real saying one. it. I'm yeah. saying it next time. You piss me off. why haven't you stuck that asshole's picture on the dartboard yet that's going to be my new catchphrase and you'll know exactly what i'm talking about yep yep yes so yeah there were some good lines in this movie there really were Mm -hmm. there really was there was a lot of them yes but i related most to the insecure very fabulous hurry up line that's me that's me 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 I think I I have the name for this episode already, the title. Awesome. What is it? Mermen and Unicorns. (laughs) I thought you were going to say... Because you guys both love the Mermen mermen so much. Uh And then I'm just like, it ruined my childhood now. (laughs) Whenever I... Because I'm telling you, whenever I thought of Mermen, I would think King Triton or something like that. And now I'm going to think of that thing. Mm -hmm. That abomination. You're welcome. (laughs) Right. I don't know. It's like... It's like, because a merman is basically supposed to be the top, like a minotaur, like the top half uh, human, the bottom half fish. Mm-hmm. And it's like they just picked the ugliest fish in the ocean and said, oh, that's what it's going to be. It's going to yep. be that one. Yep. No. Yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you all think about the kill creativity? Oh, I, I think I think it. it was good. I think that the sky was the limit and they just did whatever the hell they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they were like, right. "How do how is absolutely anybody die in a horror movie?" And they pretty much found a way to incorporate that in some mm-hmm. way. So. Well, and I have to say, I like the fact 
that the Buckners um, on on the whiteboard, the woman pointed out, hey, I had zombies too. And he's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's redneck torture zombies. Yeah. Two totally different species. Right. Right. And it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. There's a difference between zombies and redneck torture zombies. Mm-hmm. You got to be specific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Real it. quick, guys. I just need to say, because I'm thinking about our ice cream man episode. There is an ice cream truck outside my window right now, like an actual <gasps> one. Girl, if you don't go buy some ice cream. Well, I don't know exactly where it is because I'm on the fourth floor. Follow so I know the it's music. Echoing. Follow the music. Follow the music, Summer. Yeah. Get ice cream, please. It's, yeah, I don't know if you guys can hear it because it's echoing up. But th- there is an actual ice cream truck going down the street somewhere in my neighborhood. That's awesome. How else? That is you pretty great. Yeah. We don't have those in Chicago, really. Well, this is the first time I've ever heard it here. But there you go. Okay, well, I want everyone to know that if I heard an ice cream truck right now, I would drop the phone and go and get some ice cream. I am too lazy to go running <laughs> down the street looking for the sounds. So you could have gone with professional, and it would have sounded so much better. You're like, nah, I'm lazy. Like, no. <laughs> nope. I have integrity. Am... Like, no, 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 I'm just lazy. <laughs> yes, I am lazy. Besides, you guys are my priority right now, and I'm also on a diet, and so I don't really want yeah. any ice cream. That's why you so. got to run after the truck. See, ah, again, see? lazy diet. I can't have both. <laughs> <laughs> I can lose the weight without exercising too hard if yeah. I just starve. <laughs> true, true. So, well, so yeah. no ice cream for me. <laughs> I, pr- I appreciate the logic behind what you said. Is, so, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> and it's worked, kind of. Like, I've lost some size around my midsection. It's just I still got my three chins going on. Whatever. Yes. Alrighty. What should we do next, Tori? Um, let me see. I don't know. Fashion? Cool. Young, hot, and an attitude that says, who cares? It's only fashion. That Hansel's so hot right now. So, my fashion moment is Jewel's pink, like, paisley blouse and short shorts. That she wore during the makeout scene with the wolf. I thought that was super cute. And if I had her legs, I'd wear it too. Well, I chose the Daisy Dukes. <laughs> Just the shorts. Just the shorts. Because I bought a pair and I'm dying to wear them, but I'm too insecure. <laughs> I just really, really, really loved that top as well. But I like the whole outfit. Yeah. But I don't know why you're insecure. You got the best legs. My God. Whatever. Looking at your legs, and I said, you suck. <laughs> yeah, you did. You said, I want your legs. And yes. I said, and I said, five pound weights on each one. <laughs> Do it. Lazy. <laughs> but see, I'm not walking anywhere. I'm just, I'm here and I'm not. Well, even when I'm walking around the house doing my chores, I just have five pound weights on my ankles. You, but so you have a house and kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a little apartment. And a laptop computer that I use for work. That's really it. My biggest walk is to the kitchen and back. It's like, <laughs> ten, it's like 10 steps. So then there's no reason why you can't wear them for that 10 steps. It's true. It's true. You want to do very much good. <laughs> I, sh- I could do some nice little leg lifts maybe. Yeah, you could. While I'm on the computer, just yeah. sc- scissor kick it up. Yes, you could. You could, start a, <laughs> you could start a DVD and be basically like the Dolls of Horror workout video and basically release <laughs> it to the masses. Yeah, you could actually. Okay, you could sit on the couch. 
and put in your put in your movie that we're doing our homework for. Right. <laughs> that's how it happens. Just, you can just do leg lifts from the couch, from the knee down. Just lift your leg up and down. I do actually do that at night sometimes. There you go. When I'm just trying to get some movement in. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel so fat and lazy just trying to get something going. But, yeah, I usually give up after 30 seconds and say, that's good. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Gosh, I have a, bad I have a, guys. Well, to be and fair, and this is why I'm fat. Well, if, if you want, if you want to do, if you want to take a side road into the um, everyone's uh, contribution to this is why I'm fat. I mean, I have a stationary <laughs> bike that takes up like barely any space, and I've I got it for the sole reason that usually all of my downtime is spent watching TV or playing video games, and both of which could be done on the stationary bike, which yeah. is why I bought the stationary bike. I've been using it a bit, but as of like, we've been in quarantine for well, a, a version of it since March. So almost we're going on, you know, it's over five months now, and yeah. um, I've used that thing since then maybe five times. So I could use it way more often. Is my point, and so I I, I feel your pain as far as just not having the motivation to just. Uh, just do it you know like it's really it's yep. right there i even kept it i stopped because uh, I, I keep it in the other room when it's you know quote unquote put away i've left <laughs> it in the living room so i would be even more motivated because all i have to do is literally just sit on it just i don't even have to go retrieve it i still don't do it like it's oh it's terrible oh man that lack of motivation no you no, you put it in the other room whatever it won't stop looking at you and shaming you <laughs> and you're like stop looking at me you fucking bike and then you put it in the other room yeah well <laughs> you do i never blame the bike i just blame myself <laughs> never blame the bike he's like yeah you're right i'm just gonna sit here about it <laughs> well it's like it's like uh, sleepwalkers have you guys seen the movie sleepwalkers love it and he's like he's sitting in the car and he's like stop looking at me you fucking cat yep and that's, that's my favorite line so that's jesse in my head right now from the couch Stop looking at me, you fucking bike. I know. I know. You're going to the other room. You're, just, you're going to the other room. I mean, I live in a studio, so I don't really have a lot of places where I can hide it from sight. So, yeah, that would take – I'd have to, like, throw a blanket over it just to keep it – <laughs> Throw a blanket over Now I don't have to look at it. <laughs> exactly. Now it's not looking at me. Now it's not yeah. looking at me anymore. You can't see me, bike. I got a blanket on you. Oh, my God. Exactly. I think we all need to go to the loony bin right about now. <laughs> We've been in quarantine way too long when oh, bikes are looking at yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Last night. It was bad last night. I was talking about the loony bin. I was on the FaceTime with Jared, mm-hmm. and I was cooking bacon, regular bacon for Yum. my children. And I was eating some Carolina Reaper chips that were very hot. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I ate two of them. And I was like, that's enough. I've had two. That's that's enough. And I was like, I need milk. And I drank two glasses of milk and it did not help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then me being the fatty that I am. Okay. If you want to talk about being fat, I was like, eh, there's bacon over there. I'm going to go have some bacon. So I went over there and I had a piece of bacon and I was like, oh my God, this bacon, this bacon grease, it's on, <laughs> it's on this bacon is putting the fire out in my mouth. And so I told Jared, I was like, Jared, bacon grease helps with the hotness in your mouth. I wonder what else 
God intended this to be used for. <laughs> what else can bacon grease cure? We're talking about bacon grease in a medicinal property way. And I'm like, this is amazing. And Jared's just like, oh, my God. Wow. And I'm like, it's, af it's after 11 o'clock. We're in quarantine. You already know how I am. Okay. This is how it gets. So I started rattling off different med <laughs> possible medicinal properties of bacon grease. That's that's great because I, I assume that you didn't eat the Carolina Reed uh, Carolina Reaper chips with the intention of like I'm gonna have a snack, but more like I'm going to eat these because Carolina like you don't casually eat Carolina Reaper chips because they are so damn hot. So I'm sure that you were probably just what challenging yourself, which is oh no, I have two bags of them because Jared loves them. Wow, really? Okay, he will sit, well, he will sit and eat a whole bag without drinking anything. Wow. I love that, man. Well, I stand corrected. And so, okay. yeah. So they're so they're sitting there looking at me like your bike does. <laughs> they're sitting there looking at me. I'm like, fine, I'll eat you. And I had two, and I was done. Like literally two, one, two, and I was like, I'm done. And then I had two glasses of milk. This is not helping. And then I'm like, I look over. And I'm like, up to my left, there's bacon over there. Hmm, I'll eat some bacon because I'm just a fat ass. And I eat the bacon, and it was like, oh my god. Bacon grease. It's medicinal. Okay. We need to, we need to market it. Okay. Oh, guys, I'm hungry now. That's not fair. <laughs> Stop. That's amazing, so amazing though. I'm getting get... hungry. I really want some bacon now and that's not on my diet. So I can't eat that. But okay. Damn it. Sure does sound good. <laughs> uh, Jesse fashion. Oh yes. Um, I, I think we missed you. We, we went off on a tangent. Okay. <laughs> it's not like we've ever veered off course before, you know. But um, so I'm just so worried that I'll forget you one of these times, or whoever our guest is, because that happened to Christy once on her podcast, and she was doing a podcast. They just totally skipped over her for her movies picks, like totally skipped her. Oh, yeah. and so I'm super paranoid that I'm just going to accidentally forget our guest or Tori. At some point, and just move right along. It's like, oh shit! Right, no, I know, and we're seldom in contact. So, I mean, if like that never, ha if that ever happened, I wouldn't have any way of reaching out, like afterwards or anyway. <laughs> um, so, I would say, so going back, Marty again is my favorite character, and the way he was dressed throughout most of the movie um, brought me back to my just after high school, so basically late teens. I I did the. Uh, the the long sleeve shirt under the um, short sleeve shirt a lot and so that mm -hmm. was that totally reminded me of of that just took me back to my childhood so the 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 hippie stoner you know archetype that he was trying to you know be or that he was becoming was was mm -hmm. um, that so yeah so his so his his attire was was definitely my favorite all right yeah. And I definitely, I definitely remember that fashion in the early '90s when mm -hmm. I was in Very school. Nice. Yeah, mm -hmm. I never liked it, but I get it. I understand it. I grew up with it. I was a big yeah. grunge kid in the '90s, so that's probably why. Like mm -hmm. when, yeah. when, when I came out. But, anyways, a <clears throat> uh, prop. I know exactly what I want. Just so you know, guys, I'm in bed right now doing leg lifts as we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> I, want to see, I want to see video representation of this or I call bullshit. Okay. 
<laughs> wow, did you just pull the picks right or it didn't happen card on, on your co-host? I'm, I'm, I'm actually, we have a, a closet mirror thing happening, so I'm taking a video right now. That's amazing. And I'm going to send you a video. If you post this shit, I'll kill you, but <laughs> I will send it to you. Wow. Hey, maybe I can post it on OnlyFans and maybe mm. people want to see it. You're like, nope, no one wants to see this. <laughs> Trust me. Nothing to see here. It is, it is not pretty and it is not cute, but it is happening. Maybe I can post a video of me lathering my tongue in bacon grease. There, there you go. Wow. That, I'm sure there's a market for it. We're we're in a we're in a whole new room here right now. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, props. props. Props that have nothing to do with legs or bacon. Okay. Yes. It was not a central theme. Well, it was kind of the legs were in the uh, movie, but not the yeah, bacon. the legs were in the movie, uh, uh, but unfortunately, no bacon. No bacon. Not even no a bacon. No fun. Yeah, so my prop, I would want a miniature version because it was very big. I would want a miniature version of the whiteboard with everything wrote on it. Yes. Mm, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd want. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of people didn't realize because I was talking about the fact that we were covering this movie. And I was surprised like a decent portion of my friends had not seen this movie and then, so my, without getting into too much detail to explain it to them, because obviously if they haven't seen it, they may not have any interest in watching it. So the only thing that I would reference would be like, have you seen all of the memes on social media where yeah. there's, mm-hmm. where the guy's like, all right, who had blah, blah, blah for, you know, the month of May? Like, that's from this movie. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Summer just sent me a video of her doing legless. True story, man. <laughs> I didn't think you. this was going to happen in the middle of the episode, but this is this is great. Oh, man. I wanted it to happen in real time, and I wanted her to verify that I wasn't lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. It's not very good form, but it's happening. Uh, you can wor- worry about form later. I mean, you're the fact that you're doing it kind of matters more than anything. As long as you're not I'm multitasking. Yourself. I'm leg lifting and recording and trying not to sound out of breath all at the same time. Okay. You are amazing at that. Because I would, had you not said that, I would not have even guessed that you were even doing anything that was taking your breath away, so to speak. So, yeah. Like, I am I've doing leg lifts. This is going to be my new podcast activity. Anytime we record, I'm just going to lift for the next two hour and a half. Boom. There we I'm go. doing leg lifts. I am recording. I am juggling. <laughs> I am doing all of these things, and you can't even tell. So <laughs> I'm just that good. Right. <laughs> this is when I say I'm professional. <laughs> that is pretty damn professional. I got to I gotta hand it to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a real professional would never said it in the first place. All right. Well, that's also true, but but we're having fun here. That's what the whole point of this podcast is. Oh, do I lose um, everybody? I think we lost Tori. Did we, we lost you, Tori? Okay, hang up. Oh, you're doing so well. It's my video that did it. <laughs> She's like, I need to, I need to watch this in, in private time. I'm like, why? Anyway, <laughs> she sent me a text and she's like, now you see what you did. <laughs> you're Tori. You're still on. She said, happy back. Now she's gone. Okay, there. There we go. 
She's like, add me back, bitch. I'm like, you're still on. What are you talking about, bitch? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, now you see what you did? It drops me. Left my ass off. <laughs> and she's like, add me back, bitch. I can't add you back. You're still here. <laughs> there we go. Say words. Oh, okay. You're choppy. Christian. Christian, come on. Um, back to what we were saying. Uh, yeah, I tried to watch. So I tried to watch the video, and then it dropped me. <laughs> so, and I can I can guarantee that there are people out there that want to see that because. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a whole lot myself, Summer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Jesus. I, I'm like, no one wants to see my bits and pieces, okay? <laughs> well, you're sitting me. there flaunting them every time you you raise your leg. I didn't know it was going to be that provocative. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I told you you couldn't post it. Oh, my gosh. All right, get <laughs> a point I'm going to raise my leg up over my head in front of a mirror, and then I'm going to say, nobody wants to see it. <laughs> only you, my dear, only you. <laughs> so Tori wants the board with all the stuff written on it. Mm -hmm. Jesse wants what? We didn't ask me. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a, this is a shit show of an episode. Okay, okay. So now the new title for the episode is gonna be Merman, Merman with an E, Merman, mm -hmm. unicorns and leg lifts. <laughs> I love it. I mean, we did reference it, even though it's outside of the actual story of the movie. Yeah, I think that I mm -hmm. think that fits. So totally. My favorite title is still "Ticks, not TikTok." Tori. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of great. So Jesse, what's your prop? I think you can probably guess it. I can give. I'll give you one guess, but I'll tell you after that. But I think you can guess it pretty easily. The, the journal. Nope. nope, I think it's the uh, cup bong. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's the yep. Tra yeah, travel bug bong. Yeah, I should have known you would pick that. I loved that, and the and the fact that uh, that it just condensed into a uh, surreptitious uh, travel mug. I'm like, I, I, I need this in my life. <laughs> this is just yeah. so great. You know how much that prop cost to make, right? I did. I did actually learn that it was like like five thousand dollars to make that. Oh thing. my god. Yeah. And. On the special features on DVD, the actor who played Marty actually like showed you all of his his props and showed you how they worked and has showed you that they were all functional. Nice. <laughs> yep. Um, I am going to go along the lines with my favorite um, cube, and I'm going to pick the ballerina music box. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised once it's again. It's so typical pick... of me, but yeah. Well, I'm surprised once again you didn't pick the little Hellraiser thing. Yeah, I mean, my second choice would have been the journal because I love me some books. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. So I, I would have picked the journal, but I really love the music box. And oh, what's that from? Oh, this is from Cabin in the Woods. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, um, cinematography, guys. I really liked that how they very seamlessly um, kept going 
the way that they were filming basically you know the control room versus the 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 cabin the the scene with the kids in the cabin mm-hmm. they you could the the lighting and the and the set design like it's it's it was what i really appreciated about how they kept jumping back and forth between the two that you you immediately were kind of launched into whatever tone they were trying to set by jumping back to the scene. So it's obviously tense when you're following the kids because shit's going to happen to them. But the the control room is kind of like your breath of fresh air to because they're they're all taking it very lightly and everything. And I loved how just by just immediately going to the scene without really anything happening, um, like in the scene when they uh, transition over, <clears throat> excuse me, it's 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 great. Like it it's so they they said a lot without really saying much at all. So so very yeah. very hard marks on that. Yeah, I, I agree with all that for sure. Anything? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be simple and say I like it. Uh huh. You're like I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. That's it. Well, you guys, um, do you know who did the cinematography on this? The one else he's done. Mm-hmm. So cinematography in this was by Peter Deming, who also did Scream Part 2, 3, and 4. Okay. Drop Dead Fred. Evil Dead Part 2. And Drag Me to Hell, which I really love Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, Drag Me to Hell's good. Yes, so he did all those amongst other things. Yeah, so he he was the Evil Dead Part 2 guy. Okay. Yeah, and the Scream guy. (laughs) <laughs> the scream guy. Mm-hmm. Apparently, because he did three of them. Yeah, well. <laughs> three of the four. <laughs> uh, what's next? Music, maybe? Do you want to talk about the twist or save that for last? Oh, we can save that for last. The story. Okay. Uh, do you want to do pacing? All right. Um, I think this movie was paced very well. It was, what, like an hour and a half, hour, 40 minutes, something like mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just how I like my movies. And it moved right along real quick. I yes. loved it. Yes. Yeah, it, I didn't ta- it didn't take too long to find the artifacts in the basement. It didn't take too long for action to get going. Mm-hmm. It didn't take too long for them to go back to the base where everyone is taking bets. It just, it all worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely, I would say a, a good a good mark of good pacing is when a movie just doesn't feel its length. And mm-hmm. when you get to the end of it, you're like, oh, wow, it's over. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you were just so immersed in it. That's, that's, I think that's the, uh, the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The product of a well-paced movie. And mm-hmm. I, and they, and the fact that they had the two to do uh, the two different plot lines running next to each other right. made that so much yeah. easier to do because it's like, yes. okay, we give you all of this tension and it's like, all right, now we'll pull back and we'll give you the control room mm-hmm. and we'll give yeah. you a little bit, a little bit of time to breathe. Now we'll go back to the tension. And so, yeah, like you're yeah, never, you had your A story and your B story and mm-hmm. you're never, and you're never like really hurting for like, you're never really bored. There's never a scene mm-hmm. where you're just like, yeah. all right, let's wrap this up. Like that never happens. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's almost like dead air, if you will. I don't like dead air during my movie where I'm like, okay, this is, can we get on with the show here? Can we move along? Like, Mm. I don't like that. So yeah, this didn't have that. This moved along really well. There wasn't any awkward dead silence parts where you're like, okay, this is all, let's go, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I liked it. 
That's why I can't do, I can't, I don't say I can't because I've done them all because I'm a glutton for punishment. I don't particularly enjoy the paranormal activity movies because I'm yes. like, I'm oh, so yeah. bored. I literally watch those movies on fast forward until I see dialogue happening and then I pause it. Yeah. And then I start, I listen to it. And then for the next 15 minutes when nothing's happening, I just fast forward again. Yeah. <laughs> so I turn an hour and a half movie into a 20 minute movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't blame you. I like their storyline. I really do. I just wish it wasn't so goddamn boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think that the the whole found footage style genre is it's hard to pull off well because I understand that I understand there's going to be you have to like kind of make a few leaps when when you're doing an entirely found footage style, like there would be times where the camera is going to be recording when you wouldn't be recording like situations because you need to get plot points going. But I think that's probably why I never really got into the paranormal activity movies, because if they're trying to treat it as though it's legitimate and I appreciate that attempt, but at the end of the day, it's just like you were saying, like there's just so many times where you're just watching and you're thinking, Okay, is something going to happen? Oh, nothing happens. Oh, that's the whole point. Is that like the first few times nothing happens or something barely happens? And then you're like, cool, how many more times are we going to do this before somebody dies or something? You know? So, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. That's... Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's true. I want to talk about music, guys, because the person who did this music also did music for a movie that we already talked about. Tori, do you have okay. any idea what that movie might have been in our no. summer series? No. Eden Lake. Okay. Mm-hmm. So David Julan did the music for Eden Lake. He also did the music for the two movies I was telling you about, The Descent and The, the Descent Part 2. Okay. I like the music in this. It was just like a bunch of spooky, eerie orchestrations and sounds and stuff. That's all I have to say about it. It's spooky and eerie. Mm-hmm. It was good. It almost sounds like music that you would hear as fog rolls in into a, a scene or something. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The music, the, the actual songs that they put in there was pretty good, too. They had a couple pretty good. Um, they had, like, OK Go in the beginning. And uh, I think the end credits had Nine Inch Nails, I believe. Yeah. So, like. So as far as like the actual music music selection for the for not not the score but the soundtrack right. was oh, I I thought great and uh, uh, Ario Speedwagon too the when they're do when they were preemptively celebrating they were playing Ario Speedwagon I'm like wow you know I mean you wouldn't think that a movie that was released in 2012 would be featuring that considering that it's present day but I'm not complaining it was just mm-hmm. kind of funny but anyway. But it fit so well. It worked so great with the scene. It was a perfect choice. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally agree right? with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's another... Let's talk about ageability on this one. That is another reason why this movie is, I think, timeless. Like, it was. Mm-hmm. T- it's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. But I think in the next 10 years, it'll still feel as new as it does now. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Me too. And it takes because, away because you know because the one element that you always say that can mm-hmm. date a movie isn't a part of the movie at all. The mm-hmm, uh, the right. cell phones, no cell phones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I mean, their control center was a control center, so that's what any control center might look like with a bunch of screens and mm-hmm. landline phones and exactly right, 
Exactly. And the music was from a bunch of different eras. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like, oh, this is a 90s movie with 90s music. Mm -hmm. Right? Because mm -hmm. the music, if they pick a bunch of tracks that are too popular for the time, you can say, oh, yeah, this was made in the year 2000. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> this is when this song was very popular. Yeah. That's no, actually so a really good the point. I fact they didn't use brand new songs. Yeah, no, that's a really good point that considering that they did kind of leap over multiple genres and eras with the soundtrack that it kind of, it doesn't make you feel like, oh, this is clearly a 90s movie or this is clearly right. an 80s movie. It's because there's, right. yeah, old stuff and new stuff. That's, yeah, no, I, I, I like that a lot, that, that if, if, if they're more diverse, that it kind of gives the movie a better aging process. Right. Cabin Fever did a similar thing with their David Hess music because that music was written in the 70s and they used it in 2000 or whenever that movie came out. So and it worked and it worked for what they were doing. Mm -hmm. uh, shall we talk acting next? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in the other room now? Yes. <laughs> what? I said, are you in another room? <laughs> I was. We bored her. <laughs> so yep. Guys, I'm gonna, I'll be over here while you guys are talking. She <laughs> just walked away on us. <laughs> oh, shit, they asked me a question. Yeah, no, I'm cool with that. <laughs> and we didn't even know it. That's the funny part. No, she's like, yeah. I'm sorry, I saw the ice cream truck. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, this better stay in. This is awesome. <laughs> Why would I cut this out? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know. You might. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. All right, y'all. Yeah. Anything you guys want to say about any of these actors before I go down my list? Um, um, I, I yes. want to say that I am not good with names. I'm good with faces. Right. And the two guys, um, I know one of them from Step Brothers. I love him in Step Brothers. He's amazing. And then the other guy, those two main guys in the control room, I love them. Oh, they're great. Their entire, um, their entire doll dialogue in this movie is amazing. Yeah, it is everything they say. No, oh, that's great. I love it. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesse, it kind of reminds me of me and you. If we were in this situation, hmm. if we were working side by side again, maybe one day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and having to do this, I think that would be kind of the conversations that we'd be having. Yeah, because that that and that was so well executed by them. Where the I also read this in a note that the whole reason for that cold open of the movie, starting with them in the control room talking about just random mundane <laughs> bullshit, was kind of a joke on the audience to basically. Um, possibly fool them into thinking that they were in the wrong movie theater because it's like I thought this mm -hmm. was Cabin in the Woods or whatever. what are these people what are these office people talking about this doesn't look that was part of the reason why they put that in there mm -hmm. but I totally agree that yeah just it's it's just so ho-hum like the actual effort of their job is just it's just what it is what it is so let's talk about like all this other stuff so yeah that that i could totally see that absolutely mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and um obviously you both know that the main the athlete kid was thor right yeah 
Okay, I was going to say. I don't know if she does, but yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he got got big with Thor and the Avengers series. But he also did some fun comedy in Ghostbusters, the remake. Okay. So he was he was really funny in that. He's really that dumb. That was him in Ghostbusters the remake. Okay, yeah. I, yeah, I remember that. He was really dumb, but he was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the guy. And, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then he. I mean, I we went to the theater for this one for some reason. I don't know why. I think it was just summertime and we needed some air conditioning. But he was in Snow White and the Huntsman with okay. um, uh, Charlize Theron. I think it was. Okay. But, I mean, I don't know why we would have seen that. It's so not a movie I would go to see, but it must have been summertime and we needed some air conditioning or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's how we, that's why we always went to the movies, not necessarily for the movie. We yeah. need some AC in our life. Yeah. <laughs> and I did, I don't, I don't expect either of you to have known this because you guys aren't gamers and I'm not judging you for that, but um, Holden is one of the if he's basically the main character in this very um politically driven um game uh that came out a couple years ago uh called Detroit Become Human it's a basically cuz and, and it was funny cuz i noticed him uh Jesse Williams the actor mm-hmm. i i noticed him and i did not know this when i rewatched it the other day and so when i saw him i ha- i did the I know that face, and then mm-hmm. my brain is just going through it, and the whole scene when I had that moment, it was agonizing me, and then I finally, went, oh, he's the guy from the game, and so because he's the they, guy. he's the guy, right, yeah. and they perfectly <laughs> captured him, like they did a full actual capture of him, like it's, it, oh, that's awesome, so it looks just like him in the game, and the game is just, it's, um, it's a really good game, not to get like on a huge tangent here, but it's basically, it's a, it's a game about, you know, it, it, plays a nod towards like civil rights movements and everything and um and it's it, it's got a it's it's got a really good underlying message and i remember like my big takeaway from playing that game was the fact that it was very well acted and the fact that it had a really good message even if there were some clumsy parts in it but whatever and he totally like stole the the show for that for that game as far as like the movie because he was basically like the the activist who was, you know, starting this big uprising. It was basically like he's an android, and it was basically androids versus humans. That's the whole point. And I just remember, like, wow, like he looked so much like himself in the game that when I see him in the movie, <laughs> that it's like, oh, that's why my brain is going crazy right now because it's the <laughs> same guy, and it was actually him. So yeah, um, but that was my that was my fun little. Easter egg to myself when I noticed that. I'm sure a lot of people like who were familiar with both of these would easily have picked that up too. But yeah, no, he's. I need to see more things that he is in because I'm not really familiar with his career all that much. But I know him from those two things at least. Well, fun fact about Jesse Williams is before this acting thing started for him, he's a former high school teacher. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this wasn't his first career choice. He just sort of fell into it, I think. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I don't mean drama teacher. I mean, like, uh, he was a teacher and an activist, I think I read. I think. I mean, I'm getting my, my people's mixed up in my head, maybe. But I think I read that he was an activist and a high school teacher. Well, that makes yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Just so much sense with said, what yeah. you said. Hmm. Right? 
What about the guy who played Marty? I remember him from the village. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. <laughs> he For was, me. I think he worked with Joss Whedon in the past. And yeah, he was in uh, Dollhouse. That's that's what he was um, in Friends, uh, Frank Kranz. And mm-hmm. another, I, I feel, I feel like, I feel bad that I'm exhausting all of these fun facts before we're doing the fun facts, but here we go. It are. works right now. Um, <laughs> he, so he was supposed to per- be portrayed as the, you know, the hippie stoner, you know, goofy kid. But in reality, when that movie was being filmed, he was really buff and really ripped, which is why he's wearing all those layers because they didn't <laughs> Cause, want because he couldn't have Chris Hemsworth and him looking buff. Exactly, yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was literally it. Like his wardrobe was, and this, and the the only scene where they are swimming, he's still wearing all of his clothes. He's wearing a you know a shirt because they didn't want him to basically upstage Chris Hemsworth, the athlete, and basically take away from the movie. So they had to figure out how to do that, and that's how they did it. Mm, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you, Tori, you brought up uh, Bradley Whitford, who uh, loved his merman. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, this actor goes way back for me. Yes. I remember seeing him in an episode of Tales from the Dark Side. That was an 80s show. Kind of like oh, Tales from the gosh, Crypt. I love Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, my gosh. I just binged watched it about two months ago. Oh. Maybe three. It was kind Where of Where did you find it? Where was um, that? Online, it was like five bucks the entire series. Wow, eBay, baby, eBay. Wow, <laughs> um, yeah, so he was in that. Uh, so man, I saw him as a child in that. And there's this really, really good Robin Williams movie and Robert De Niro movie, um, called I think those were the two actors in it Awakenings. Oh, and yeah, okay. It was a heavy movie, but it was really, really good. And that was, I think, 1990 or something like that. Of course, we all know him nowadays from, more recently, Get Out. Mm -hmm. But let's go back even farther. Uh, The West Wing, of course, right? And uh, for me, I was a big ER fan, and he had a very... Not a big role, but a very memorable role in ER. Okay. And then the other guy you liked, Tori, Richard Jenkins. Mm-hmm. I loved him in uh, Wolf. Do you remember Wolf? With never Jack heard Nich- of it. Jack Nicholson? I've never heard of that. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. It's so funny. Okay. Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer, early to mid-90s. I want to say 94. Okay. Something like that. I could be wrong, but... It's in that era, and like you said, Step Brothers, mm-hmm. and he just did The Shape of Water a couple years ago. That okay. was a huge movie. It won an Academy Award. And uh, but I love, I love me some Wolf. That movie always makes me laugh. So next time it pops up on the streaming, and it it pops up every few months on Crackle, I'll let you know. You want to hear uh, a, a cute fun fact? As you were talking about Richard Jenkins. Mm-hmm. He one one he's from DeKalb, Illinois, which is where uh, Northern Illinois University is, which is the college I attended. And the other fun, the 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 more the the one that people would actually give a shit about, his um he, he's been married to his wife for fifty years. So wow, nice. Yeah, married in nineteen sixty nine. Wow, that's the year my husband was born. That's go. crazy. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. 
So that is amazing. Um, I just actually saw... Do you, Tori, do you remember the lady in the control room, the pretty one? Yeah. Um, her name is Amy Acker, and I just saw her this last holiday season in one of those Hallmark movies I love so much. Yeah. <laughs> called Dear Santa, and she was adorable. Okay. But she was also in the Angel show and Alias, so that's how she knew these two guys, and that's why they captured her. Oh, you mean, uh, I mean Drew Goddard and uh, Jess Whedon? Mm-hmm. Yep. Of course, we already talked a little bit about the girl that played Patience Buckner, mm-hmm. Jodel Ferland, uh, Silent Hill, Masters of Horror. Ooh, Kingdom Hospital. Did you guys ever see that? I have not. No. Oh, it was a miniseries. I think it was 13 episodes. It was a Stephen King. It was pretty good. It's good. I liked it a lot. And she was supposed to be at TFW. So I was really excited to meet her, and then I was really bummed when we didn't get to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the man who plays Truman, Brian White, we've seen him recently, at least my husband and I, in Ray Donovan. And I just started binge watching Felicity again, and he was in that. go up to our two leading ladies uh jules the blonde her name is anna hutchinson and honestly the only thing i've seen her in was like another hallmark movie (laughs) called a firehouse christmas and it's exactly as cheesy as it sounds okay Uh uh-huh she's from new zealand too so i thought she had a really good american accent as did chris hemsworth who's also from australia and then let's see the dana Played by Kristen Conley. She did recently this movie that I actually read the book for. It was a Stephen King. It was called A Good Marriage. And it's a really interesting story, short story. And I think they did a pretty good job with the movie. I think you might like it. It has like a little mystery, a little suspense, a little drama. Okay. It's a good one. And I mean, Sigourney Weaver goes without saying. She's a legend. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, yeah. we'll talk about her when we do aliens, I'm sure. <laughs> Anything else y'all want to add? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right. Moving right have. along. I think we only have story scary and movie rating, right? Okay. All right. So you want to talk about the twist and the story, Tori? What do you have yes. to say? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the twist at the end is that the stoner guy is still alive. Yeah. They find that out. Um, he kind of, then he kind of rescues the other girl that was getting eaten by the werewolf. And then they find out it's all (laughs) one big thing to appease the gods. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that. The gods part? Yeah, I much rather would have had it been almost like the movie Condemned. I don't think I've seen that. I tell, know. Tell me what it is. You were supposed to watch it. Damn. And I. What's it about again? I told you about it at Days of Dead Indie. It is about. Girl, they... I probably was drunk. Well, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, uh, we weren't <laughs> drunk, but um. Anyways, 
I, or I was really tired, maybe, because I yeah. literally have no recollection of this conversation. Yeah, we were tired because it was like at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, it was that night. <laughs> Got it. So <laughs> it's where they take a bunch of prisoners that are on death row and they randomly select them, like the worst of the worst. Ah. And then they basically blindfold them and then throw them all on a deserted island and okay. they have to fight to the death. Huh. And it's all televised on the internet, and you have to pay to watch it. Oh, like a pay-per-view situation. Yes. And so I think, and obviously, like, like, like you know, with Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. there are people controlling the situation to a certain mm-hmm. degree. Um, there's people, you know, pl- you know, working the controls, um, what angles the camera goes to, yeah. you know, what happens here or there. Um, and yeah, people had to pay to watch it, like pay-per-view. And I thought that would have been a much better thing to do with this movie if it was like once a year like the super bowl like once a year but that's you know, why you, i call watch it, this that's why i call it the hunger games for horror yeah that's what it should be that's what it should yeah. be it should have been that it should have been no ancient gods it should have been hey come watch this yeah honestly well first of all i have no recollection of this conversation or hearing about this storyline if it was that <laughs> 3 a.m morning on friday night no wonder i was half asleep when we talked i'm sure uh-huh. <laughs> was that when we were talking about like the santa claus movie and stuff because yes. I was like i remember the santa claus movie i was probably still thinking about the santa claus part yeah um yeah okay i'll have to watch it because I- i'll remember now <laughs> But yes, I, I'm I, gonna text you because it is a really. It's actually it, it is it has um who is it Stone Cold Steve Austin? It has one. Of, I think that's his name. Yeah, it has him in it, the wrestler. So he's pretty big and buff. Um, yeah, I'm it's like, a pretty I, good movie. I don't remember this conversation. At all. Oh, I am so sorry. I have no idea. But it was three oh, o'clock God. in the morning, and it had been a very long day, and we were winding down, and we were just like, <laughs> "Where we are? We what's going on?" <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Where are we? What happened? What's going on? What's yep. going on? That that's, was our entire mood for probably midnight until we fell asleep at 5 a.m. It sounds like quite an adventure there. It was an adventure, but hey, what happens in Indy stays in Indy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that clock is a little um, slow. It's actually 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we didn't we didn't finally go to bed. Even after we went to bed and we're in our covers, we still stayed up talking like children and giggling. <laughs> yes, all night long. Well, you haven't but seen we each other in so long. We talked about that in our Days of the Dead episode. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sorry, I have no no recollection of this conversation, and I feel really bad about that. But I wrote it down. I'll watch it. Promise. Okay, it's called The Condemned. Right, and it has like Stone Cold Steve Austin or something. It's actually pretty good. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it and watch it. Okay. Um, uh, as far as the story goes, I agree with you on that. That's just kind of where they lost me as far as liking it. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why I never cared for the movie in the past. Mm-hmm. The past two times I had rented it, I liked the movie as a whole until mm-hmm. we get to that last part. And yes. it's kind of like, uh, the Black Christmas remake and we're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. What the actual fuck mm-hmm. is this black stuff and this mm-hmm. weirdness going on? Or the movie The Forgotten. Yeah. Um, with Joel. Yeah, yeah. Ju- yeah. Um, Julie, not, uh, mm, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I like the movie because it's about, you know, missing children. The parents don't remember their children. Julianne Moore. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I got to watch this. And I liked the movie as a whole, but then they get to the end and it's about aliens. And I'm like, no, they, you lost me. Yeah. 
I don't uh, like alien movies. Well, I'm not a fan. And, Unless it's alien, I'm not a fan. I haven't seen Alien. Don't kill me. I like it. And we're going to be doing it one day, so. It'll be, okay. it'll be covered. Um, <laughs> it'll be covered at some point. <laughs> it's a classic. It's good. It's well made and it's well acted. So it's going to be a good one to do. But um, I mean, I don't really care for werewolf movies, so I can't really fault you for not liking alien movies. Okay. Well, uh, Jesse, I will absolutely grant you that the first time that I watched this movie, I had the exact same reaction toward really? the end. The at the end, as far as thinking that it was because I didn't get it. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to say that like you just don't get it. What I, what I'm saying is I didn't understand what they were going for, and then when I read up on it, when I because I'm like I really like this movie, but I don't understand what the whole point of the end part was, and so I looked into it and what like the gods represent us, the audience, and the whole point is that. If mm-hmm. if we're not given if if the gods as in we the audience if we're not given what we want in a horror movie like you know the nudity that you didn't like um, the excessive gore the the people dying the way that they're supposed to die in the order that they're supposed to die then uh-huh. we're not satisfied and therefore the you know the world ends because that's that's kind of like a a play on just saying like. You know, oh, this movie didn't give me what I wanted. This is the worst thing ever. Like the whole right. outrage. So I get it now. That makes sense. So we are. Yeah. The yeah. So that so it's a metaphor for basically us as the audience to oh, basically okay. determine like whether or not a movie is going to live or die because it's not satisfying our needs. But uh-huh. but I and I say it dies. <laughs> right and i and i feel i don't want to sound like i don't want to sound smug by saying that to say like oh you just didn't get it or whatever because i had to look into that like i didn't get don't it don't be either. a bully jesse right. <laughs> i know right like I because talk to you anymore man wow okay well but i didn't i didn't i didn't get it like at all when i first got like what the yeah. fuck is this and then like it so i had to have it like explained to me but then when i did see it i'm like oh okay and then i watched it again knowing that and i'm like all right all right i get it now so yeah i liked it okay i, I see it now i like it now now i'm like okay i get it no i get it and i still wasn't like uh, i was like whatever it's just not not my oh yeah no it's totally fine if but, you're, yeah if that's like not... i said i like the movie as a whole which is why the ending makes me go oh <laughs> because I, I like i realized that i actually like the movie as as a movie and just the last 10 or 15 minutes i'm like what the fuck what a letdown mm-hmm. the only mm-hmm. the only issue well i should say one of the issues that i had didn't necessarily have to do with the message of the gods obviously but it was um the part like i loved that sigourney weaver played the director and oh, me too. and the fact that she was you know the in the climax scene of the movie but what um what bothered me about her in the movie was her her entrance didn't like it like yeah you hear her on the intercom when they're in the facility when they're infiltrating and basically trying to get to the bottom of everything so you do get a little bit of a lead in to her cuz if you she's got a pretty recognizable voice so you're like oh that sounds like Sigourney Weaver but mm-hmm. i just i i wish that they would have done more with her like what her role was 
before you got to the end where it just seems like, oh, I'm just running the show. And I get it. She's, quote unquote, the director because the establishment is supposed to be Hollywood and Mm -hmm. the whole fact that, like, they're making a movie, blah, blah, blah. Um, So I I I get that that's what her title is. But it's just that she just appears at the end, like, kind of out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, I feel like they could have brought her in in a different way like even if it was you know like just kind of slow tiny pieces besides just the her talking to them on the intercom so but that was my my big issue was that she's she did a great job in her scene and then but like it just i just feel like there was a wasted opportunity to use her more than than they did because i i'm guessing that she was the one who was on the phone when Bradley Whitford's like, everybody stop the music, and then the, yeah. the, the red phone's ringing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that was her on the phone with him. Yeah, but like I don't know. I I, I I understand the whole ominous thing of her, you know, being mysterious. But I just feel like there could have been a better way to just be like, oh, by the way, I got to tell you the rules right before you know the movie ends. I don't know. I that's that was the only issue is that she could have. Like she, because she she was great. Like oh, it's a Gordy Weaver. Like I was excited, but like she was, she could have been. I don't know. I just feel like there, there, she should have had a better entrance than just oh, by the way, Sigourney Weaver's in this movie, which was <laughs> kind of like the takeaway when I saw it. But anyway, no, I agree. Okay, well now I have another title that this episode can be called, <laughs> and yes. in in all caps, it can say, "We are gods." But then, dot, 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 who knew? <laughs> because we, because we as horror fans, like Jesse said, we as horror fans are in this movie. It pertains to this movie. We are the gods of this movie. Right. That's why, that's why I love like it. That's why I love that line. And again, I didn't get the line the first time I watched it. But then when I got the understanding of it and I rewatched it, I love the part when, um, at the, the your first time when you're seeing them when you see Jules and and Kurt making out in the uh, forest and, mm-hmm. and she's about to get naked and you you see them and it it looks like the two guys are just kind of perving on her and mm-hmm. they're like oh it's like show us some boobies or whatever and at first, when you first see that you're like oh come on movie but then <laughs> but then when the the new guy the Brian white character i forgot his name in the uh, movie when he was like do we really need to see and they're like we're not the only ones watching you know and and the whole point is like we have to please the audience right and and so like i that totally did not land the first time i watched it and then when i Mm rewatched it i'm like oh that makes all the sense like like if you're watching a horror movie if you're your typical horror movie fan, you're going to when you see a scene like that, you're going to be like, "All right, she's going to get naked," you know. And now <laughs> I get it. Like it was just so. When I saw that the uh-huh. second time, it was like, "Oh, that makes so much sense." Like it was, it was great. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I've been really geeking out over this movie kind of by comparison. So yeah. Well, <laughs> well I'm good with I'm good with either title. So. But that's just what I was thinking. We could use both. One will be the title and one will be in the description. Okay. Good. Yeah. I don't, so I, I think, so, so, I think it is, so, so I think the description should definitely definitely be mermen, unicorns, <laughs> and leg lifts. Because right. that's a descriptive, yeah. you know what I mean? More descriptive. I'm than... not even going to say anything else. I'm just going to put that in there and then let it go. Sure. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome sauce. Um, anything else on story? Because I really don't have anything. No. I liked um, the story. Yeah. yeah. Except for the, the story. For me, except for that end. But yeah. Jesse said that, you know, he was geeking out over it and he told me he was going to geek out over it. I said, well, that's good because I wasn't too enthusiastic about it. And I said, we need some balance here. <laughs> Yeah. Well, now I and then here I am. You're not enthusiastic about it. He is, and then I'm now I'm in the middle. Well, I'm glad so. that you turned, though. I'm glad that yeah. you went from ugh to oh, yeah. So, no, I'm glad that that you turned. I love it. I love it when that happens, whether it's me, you, or someone else. Yeah. I, I love it. Well, I love and it. now I might turn it on again tonight while I'm in bed. Now, after Jesse's insights, I might yeah. watch it again tonight and be like, oh, okay. I'll probably watch it again just because I have to take the DVD back yeah. <laughs> to the library. Yeah, I, I do that too. I still rent DVDs. Yeah, I like I like rewatching movies after getting other people's opinions yeah. or insights. Yeah, and then and then you discover new little juicy treats, and it's you're like, true. oh, okay. That's why I like to watch a movie. I'll watch the commentary, and then I'll watch the movie again. Mm-hmm. That's like that's my method. Mm-hmm. Or if I already saw the movie, perhaps in the theater, I'll go straight to the commentary next time. Yeah, because I'm I'm a geek for commentaries. I'm such a dork. I watch them all. If a DVD, whether it's a television show or a movie, has a commentary, I'm in. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. one time. There was one time I got a movie. I watched the movie and then I immediately rewatched it with the director commentary, like yeah. literally with no time passed in between. And so I I, I did that it. with Cabin Fever. I watched all four full length commentaries. Back to back to back to back. Wow. Okay. Well, I I, I guess you win then. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I wanted to be thorough on my homework. No, I, I'm yeah. just I'm just giving you shit. But yeah. But I this wasn't the first time I'd seen the commentaries. <laughs> That's the thing. This oh, is the okay. first time I took notes on them. But the first time I rented this DVD, I watched all four commentaries as well. Okay. I'm a dork. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. Um, scary rating, y'all. It's not. It yeah, it's not particularly scary. I don't, not for me. I don't think they were necessarily aiming for it to be scary right. as as it was meant to be more recognizable. I mean, yeah, there were right. the zombies were, you know, there were some parts where you're like, ooh, this is kind of creepy, but never really like, I don't want to keep watching that kind of scary like at all. Right. Yeah. Or giving you nightmares. Or- right. 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 Yeah. Right. Overall movie rating. Um, I'll go first so while okay. you guys think it over. I'm going to give it a five right down the middle because okay. I'll probably watch it again. It's not going to be my my most commonly viewed movie, but I didn't hate it. So, five. So, for a movie that I have spoken very highly of and a movie that really doesn't have a lot of flaws in it, it's... I would say I'd give this about I'd, I'd give it an eight and a half. It's it's definitely eight and a half to a nine. It's it's okay. it's that good. It it really it's it's like they they understood what they were doing. They covered all their bases. There were a couple. The only real major kind of like question mark that I had was. When they infiltrated the base, and they infiltrated the base because Marty figured out how to hotwire the control panel, mm-hmm. and yeah. 
and basically get the elevator to work from the cabin setting into the control room. And then they took the elevator, which then took them into the control room. But then later, Patience shows up and saves them from Sigourney Weaver with the axe. And it's like, how did she get into the facility? Like, did she know how to hotwire it as a zombie? Like, <laughs> like she was just so that was the only real like major plot hole was just not explaining her sudden appearance into the facility, whereas everyone else was just you know. So yeah, with with the movie that really did their best to cover all their bases and make a really tight story without a lot of flaws in it. Yeah, definitely an eight and a half to a nine. Cool. Okay. Sorry. Um, I don't know. I'm still holding a little bit of a grudge from my from my first time trying to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give it a five. I don't want to give it anything higher than like an eight. So I think I'm going to go with like a six. Okay. Right. And like a six and the zombie arm that was in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll do. Did you guys also laugh at the part when the one guy, when they were when they're just getting off the elevator, and one of the security or whatever, when he was trying, he was going to shoot them, but then the that robot zombie was on the floor, distracted him, and then they got away and he got killed. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. like right before the elevator doors closed, you see the hand crawl up and like just kind of gently Grab touch his, his face. face. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, "What is going on here?" That was so. I actually that was that was the other moment that I legitimately laughed out loud because it was just so perfect. Like right before the doors closed, it's like, "And I got your face." <laughs> that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and then either Marty or the girl says, "Thanks, zombie hand." Or right. Like <laughs> it's like, it's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> oh god, I love this movie so much. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> hey, I'm not mad at it. I might not understand it. Yeah. Like the love. But you know what? I love movies that are terrible and I'll admit it and I don't care. Yeah. Fight me, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like I don't care. I love ticks. I know it's a bad movie. Fight yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um I have some fun facts. Okay. Cool. Okay. Tori, you sound really far away again. I'm in the other room. (laughs) We're boring her. Ice cream truck. Oh my god! All right, fun facts. I only have a few, but I think I was just lazy on it, honestly, because I know there's a lot more. But you brought some nice ones that I did know about. I just didn't write down, so that was good, Jesse. Oh, okay. So this was filmed at. Secret Cove Cottage in Half Moon Bay, British Columbia, and also Canyon Principal State Park in BC. Okay. And while they were filming this movie, like literally same time, same area, just literally just 20 feet away, they were also shooting Twilight. Oh, wow. Okay. So... They talked about in the commentary how you would just look through the brush and you would see Edward over there. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Now, if I had to compare this movie to Twilight, I'd give it a freaking 10. Okay? Let's just say that. Sure. (laughs) I have have no desire. Because I dislike Twilight. I mean, I I watched several of them hoping that it would get better. 
not a fan, really not a fan. So if it was between this or Twilight, Twilight would be a one, and this would be like a nine and a half, okay? <laughs> in comparison to Twilight, okay. which they're filming in the exact same area of the woods. Right, at the same time. This this wins, definitely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but comparing it to like Nightmare on Elm Street, it's a five. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay. The entire script was written in a hotel room, and Drew and Joss didn't leave until it was finished, and they wrote it in three days, the first draft. Oh, wow. So they just locked themselves up. They took One of them took one part of the story, the other took the other parts, and they just collaborated, and three days later, they came out with the script to work with. Nice. Mm-hmm. Josh Whedon wrote the Buckner Diary on the set, on the spot. It took him about seven minutes. As, nice. told, as told by Drew. He's like, yeah, it took you like seven minutes to get it done. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. And the Latin that Dana reads from the journal, it translates to pain outlives the flesh, pain raises the flesh, pain ignites the spirit. Okay. That's all I got. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Those, those were the most interesting fun facts for me. Yeah. Especially for me, like I love film locations and stuff, so I thought that was interesting that they... We're literally watching another blockbuster movie being filmed mm-hmm. at the exact same time in the exact same location. That is kind of great. I also and they didn't get in each other's way. Like they didn't say anything negative. They're like, yeah, they were right there too. Yeah, it's like, hey, morning, punch yeah, clock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how's, how's your movie going today? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The um, so. I, I I learned also that MGM was originally going to release it, and this movie was. I think it was shot in 2009 and then it didn't get released until 2012 because the, because MGM, ironically enough, MGM, a a Hollywood production studio um, wanted to tinker with it too much that, that, that Joss and um, Drew Goddard were basically saying like, no, we don't want you to, uh, they wanted to. They wanted, like, they wanted like three D like added to oh. it, and they were like, "No, this isn't. That's not this they movie would. at all." And so, so they, so they just had a stalemate, and then they thought that it was never going to get released. And then Lionsgate apparently read the script and said, "This is brilliant. You, you just make the movie that you want to make." And then they did. So I love Lionsgate movies. Like they do a lot of good horror. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, shout out time. Cool. Unless you guys have anything else to add for fun facts. No. No, okay. no my, yeah, my, my came throughout the episode, so. Which, it was organic, it was perfect. Okay, so first and foremost, as always, our producer, our co-host for this time. I'm not even going to call you a guest, because right now you're, you're a host. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And you will continue to pop up as a host, because we love having you so much, and it's always a fun time with Jesse. Jess Randall is our producer. He makes us sound great, and he provides us with some laughter at the same time. I do my best, <laughs> but no, it's it's great, and I'm I'm was really I was extremely excited about being able to do this movie because the other two that I did, I was greatly appreciative that I was able to do those two. I had not, but seen it was those my movies. choice. I'm like, hey, how about you do this? Right, and they were just you were just being nice and saying, hey, do you want to just you want to talk on these instead? I'm like, right. sure, and. But I had not seen either of those movies before we recorded, whereas right. I have seen and loved this movie. So when I knew that you were doing Love this, it. I'm like, oh, now a movie that I actually already have like a lot of investment in that I could probably contribute more than just watching it 
you know, one time with a critical eye and taking copious notes. I didn't really take that many notes with this movie because I already knew how I felt about it, which was kind of great. So thank you for allowing me to be a part of this particular episode and obviously being a part of your work as a whole because it's been nothing but fun for me. Oh, I'm so I'm so excited that you were able to do this and that you were able to do our previous episodes too. If you guys want to hear Jesse on the previous episodes, he did the Ice Cream Man episode with us and also the Swamp Thing episode. And by the way, I just listened to the Swamp Thing episode for the first time, you know, beginning to end. And I was laughing my ass off at what Jesse was saying. So please go check out Swamp Thing. It's awesome. <laughs> Jesse made that episode so, so good. Oh, you're too nice. No, it was it was good. I mean, everything you had to say about it was so amazing. <laughs> so I'm really glad that you were able to hop on board for that because I think you contributed a lot. If it was just her and I talking, you would be like, so, what do you want to talk about now? <laughs> we would have been done in half an hour. But you, brought yeah. some good, you brought some good insights to it. So I was oh, very, I very It's very happy. nice of you. I, I appreciate it. It's, it's, yeah. it's, really, it's really interesting watching a movie when you're just watching it and when you're watching it to then later contribute to, say, a podcast <laughs> about yeah. it. And it, it really does change how you watch a movie. So mm-hmm. like, like I, I love it. I've seen, I've seen this movie probably I've seen cabin in the woods probably like 10 times. And this most recent time was just two days ago, just cause I hadn't seen it in a while since the last mm-hmm. time. And like, you know, I want to get it fresh. Right. And it's so funny when I watched it this last time, I watched it with, you know, a slightly different eye and paying attention to lines are being said, as opposed to just letting the movie happen. And it's uh-huh. so funny how, different you take the movie when you watch it when you when you watch it that way with the analytical eye as opposed to the i'm just an audience member eye that most of us do when we watch movies so yeah yeah it really helps it really helps me appreciate movies more than than i would would have otherwise yeah 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 um, agreed. And that's why I love doing this podcast because it kind of gives me a purpose to watch movies that I've seen a million times to watch them again, but with a different eye. Uh-huh. Right. Or watch new movies that I might have never have seen before, like yeah. The Clinic or uh-huh. The Condemned, like Tori is, is uh, telling me to watch that I forgot about. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So it's I love it. I love it for this reason. I also need to shout out, I don't do this nearly enough on the show. I do it in conversation with them, but I need to shout out our listeners because yeah. they're, they're also, aside from us, they're also the reason we enjoy doing this because yeah. we'll occasionally get a message on the Instagram or the Facebook or whatever, commenting on something that we had said. And sometimes I don't even know these people mm-hmm. like, I'll, I'll say to Tori, I'll say, is this one of your friends? And she's like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, well, cool. <laughs> and then we chit-chat, get to know each other a little bit. I'd like to get to know you guys. So if we haven't conversed, please send us a message. Um, I run most of the social medias, but if you have a message for Miss Tori, I pass it along. Yep. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I make sure and I tell her everything uh, that is said um what else uh wes and kevin from it's a horror podcast they are our podcast mentors and we love and appreciate them so check out the it's a horror podcast 
And um, what? Christy Adams from Nightmare Toys? Mm-hmm. Because she's awesome. I just helped her out with her grand opening of Nightmare Toys in Vegas. It was a huge success. Like, gigantic success. Oh, that's really good to hear. Thanks. I mean, huge. It was amazing for her and Philip. I loved and your pictures that you were posting about it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I asked her how it went, and she I don't think she was expecting the success that it was. And Brian String from the Saturday Night at the Movies podcast was there. He flew in to help her, too, from um, his state. So we both came from far to far and wide. volunteer yeah to volunteer time and help out and some of the people thought we were actual employees there That's they're awesome. like oh you're working and i'm like no i'm on the plane back home i was just helping out <laughs> and they're like wait what just helping a friend yeah no just just came in just just for this really and they're like wow that is awesome it's like hey i'll do any i'll do anything for christy like christy's my girl you know right tori mm-hmm. she's she's our girl and yeah. It was a good time, and I'll talk more about that in detail when we record our Days of the Dead episode, which will probably already come out by the time this comes out. So go check that out if you want to hear more about that. And uh, I think that's it. Uh, do you have anybody? Oh, I do have one more. Um, Jesse, I have a message from you. Uh-oh. For you, rather. Yes, the message is from Billy, Billy Warley. Oh, wow. And he says, tell Jesse hi for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a lot of setup for some because I was starting to get a little nervous. Like, I have a message for you. No, tell Jesse no. I said hi. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he said, tell Jesse hi for me when I told him that we were recording. Okay. So, yeah, so I wanted to say that on air. That's, that's, well, hi from our man, Billy. Hi, Billy, and... Seriously, I I love every time you're on our show. You always make me laugh, and um, it's it's great editing. I'm actually going to be editing the Piranha episode that he's going to be featured in. So that'll already be out by the time you're listening to this. So yeah. um, that's fine. But yeah, every time we that that'll be his third contribution. So we're actually neck and neck in the three peat yeah. of 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 being the the guest host. But his his contributions every time he's on, there's it always goes down a really weird tangent, and it always gets really <laughs> silly and goofy. And I'm usually laughing with my mic cut, and just basically wondering if if it's ever going to get back on the rails. So that's I'm saying it totally as a compliment. It's really funny. So yes, it's it's been an absolute pleasure every time he's been on. I hope he comes back soon. Yes, and he will be back. He's agreed to come back for Halloween part one. Awesome for October, and we also need to have him back for Sinister because he hasn't seen it. So we need to have him back for that. But Halloween is his favorite movie, remember? So yeah, yeah has to be that. All right, um, that's all I got. You guys good? I'm good. Yeah, I think we covered it. Cool. So with that, guys, I'm Summer, and I'm Tori, and I'm Jesse. And you've been listening to the Dolls of Horror. We will talk to you later. Bye. 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 This has been a presentation of the Dolls of Horror. New episodes are uploaded every week. If you'd like to reach out and say hello to the Dolls, send them an email at thedollsofhorror at yahoo.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram, both at the Dolls of Horror, or on Twitter at Dolls of Horror for bonus content. 
And if you really like the podcast and want to support them financially so that they can keep making episodes, consider sending them a donation. Follow the link in the description or go to patreon.com slash the dolls of horror for more information. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Ah, guys. I'm not sure it's awesome to be down here. Maybe we should go back upstairs. I dare you all to go upstairs. You're not seeing what you don't want to see. Puppeteers. Puppeteers? Pop-tarts? Did you say you have pop-tarts? Marty, I love you. You're really high. Is society crumbling, Marty? No. Society is binding, right? It's filling in the cracks with concrete. Everything's filed or recorded, blogged, right? Chips in our kids' heads so they won't get lost. Society needs to crumble. We're all just too chicken shit to let it. Five, Mr. Rance. You will come to see things my way. How did we not touch on that, that the merman had a blowhole? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I can't. I just can't. Oh, my gosh. Boy, you sound really far away again. <laughs> I'm in the other room. <laughs> We're I'm boring her. The ice cream truck. Oh so there's bacon over there. Hmm, I'll eat some bacon because I'm just a fat ass. And I eat the bacon and it was like, oh, my God. Bacon grease. It's medicinal. Okay, we need to we need to market it. Okay, oh, guys, I'm hungry now. It's not fair. <laughs> He's got a husband bulge. <laughs>